Ladies and gentlemen, he has arrived. He is Parker Thune, the White Bronco, getting here in record time. White Bronco? Hold up. Oh, the White Buffalo. Oh, that would that's be O.J. A, Simpson, sir. You know who I am? I'm A.C. Sorry. Yes, no, Big I, difference. I yeah. did not allegedly murder anyone. <laughs> not yet, anyway, as far as we know. All right. Uh, before we get back to the text line, I want to play this because uh, Neil Brown had his presser. Talking about Oklahoma, the West Virginia head coach. He doesn't have to talk about Nick Bonita anymore, but he did talk about the Sooners and the matchup coming up in Norman Saturday night. Another week, another really tough test. Uh, This time we're going on the road to play one of the top programs in the country, and it's on primetime TV again. It's it's at one of the top venues in the country to play, and so our guys will be fired up. Uh, Great respect for Coach Venables. Really good person. Uh, he's done really good. I think his defensive work speaks for itself, and and he's got that program headed in the right direction. Uh, offensively, uh, Levy does a great job. He's been doing it at a bunch of different places now, uh, UCF and Ole Miss and, and uh, now at Oklahoma. They play as fast as anybody in the country, so uh, alignment's going to be critical. Their most important cog is their quarterback, you know, Dylan Gabriel. Uh, he's played at a high level. He can run. Um, he's got a really quick release. Um, kids won, you know, both at UCF and at Oklahoma. So uh, a lot of respect for him. Defensively, they're multiple. Uh, they're going to put pressure on you, uh, mix up the coverages. I think that unit takes the really takes the personality of their leader, and that's Coach Venables. And they're attacking. Um, they you can see that uh, that they're they're enjoying playing for him. They'll mix in some man, some zone. Uh, but the one thing they're constantly going to do is is get hats to the football. And so, um, again, big challenge. Uh, we're looking forward to get on the road. We've played back-to-back nail biters versus these guys and and uh, don't expect anything less uh, when we go, go out to Norman. There you go. Neil Brown talking about the matchup uh, coming up Saturday in Norman. They uh, There are a lot of people who still want heads to roll, Parker Thune. Last year. Are you talking about on this end or on the West Virginia? I'm talking about on the text line. Oh, okay. They're still very upset with Jeff Lee. I was about to say, I was going to ask you, what's the over-under on Jimbo Fisher being West Virginia's head coach next year? Didn't he where did he didn't he play there or did he coach there? He is from there. Okay, he is from there. He maybe he played did he play it? I'm trying to remember where he he played. He played somewhere in Samford or something like that, or am I Yes, Samford. Okay. Well, uh, Neil Brown's got a little hillbilly in him, too. Do you like Neil Brown's haircut? He definitely could have been a member of the Beatles. (laughs) (laughs) It's about the last time that hairstyle was popular. Yeah. So, so anyway. All right, 405-651-3439. I'm going to let you do the honors. Oh, are we going straight to the text line? Yeah, let's do it. You ready? Oh, gosh. Somebody said, did Parker apologize for being an idiot to George Stoyet? (laughs) Uh, that's clearly someone that didn't catch the joke. What was the joke? Did I miss it? Yes. So, so it, some rando got in George's mentions after he asked the question to Brett yeah. Venables. Because you have people, and we were talking about it after the press conference, you have people that will sit there and say, why doesn't the media ever ask tough questions? And then the second somebody like George asks oh, a tough did, question, they get pissed. they're like, ha! Ah! Brent's been through enough not to fall for your baiting. You can't, you can't win with yeah. that stuff. Like I said, it's either you're they're all wimps, or and then when they ask a tough question, is throw this jerk out of the press conference or whatever. Yeah, and it's, so somebody got in George's mentions. Was like, ha! He didn't fall for it, and George is like, fall for what? You want me to ask tough questions? I asked a tough question, and so then I, tongue in cheek got in George's replies and said, clickbait, screw you and the rest of the media, get a real job. I guess not everyone caught the sarcasm. Thought it was serious. Yeah. So uh, I've said you on the electronic side, George on the print side, best two uh, to come out of the uh, journalism school in a long time that I can I can think of. So well, we'll take that. Well, that's why you get to work with a regional radio star. Exactly. You know? Shoot. 405-651-3439. Okie Tom says, give no voice to the negative OU texters. Well, 
in general, we try not to. But then again, you don't want to make it sound like it's all sunshine and roses. No, when it's not all yeah. sunshine and roses. It, like when people are being offensive and or... Or just playing trolling like yeah. Ethan Downs hater. Then we need to finally decide they're just a loser and we cut them loose. Turnbow and OKC says, heads shouldn't roll. I do feel that DG is a good QB, but not elite. If we're not in the 12-team playoffs within the next two to three years... Then heads can roll. Do you think there's any kind of? I don't know if rift is the uh, the right word, but any kind of philosophical disagreement now at all with Brent and Jeff Levy, or is that just because philosophical disagreement in terms of um, maybe the the speed at which the offense operates when you don't execute leaves the defense out there a long time. Something like that? Or you just think that's all because they've lost two games? I think a mountain is being made out of a molehill because they've lost the last two games. Now, I, you can say what you will, have your opinions on the offensive philosophy and how it affects the defense. I do think there's truth to the idea that the pace at which the Sooners move can occasionally have an adverse effect on the defense as well. But conversely... The defense in certain situations just hasn't been very good at getting off the field. So it's not exclusively a case of the offense putting the defense in bad spots. Sometimes it's a case of the defense not delivering. So it's mm-hmm. a it's a symbiotic relationship between the two. And I'm not going to completely absolve the defense or even mostly absolve the defense based on the thought that Okay, well, OU's offense moves too fast for the defense is good. I I just don't buy that. There are some people convinced on the text line that BV has had it with Levy. And really? I think it came from the uh, Rolodex comment in the coaches' show. You know, we've got a lot more plays, tons more plays in our Rolodex yeah, than but we I, in that one. I don't think you need to be fed up with your OC to say that. I and, just I, I, At that point, you're being honest. Mm-hmm. You're just being honest and, and also – for better or worse, you're telling the fans what they want to hear, right? Because, again, back to what I said yesterday, I think part of the reason people have been so hypercritical of Jeff Lebby is because they don't see him taking the type of accountability and responsibility that they would like. And so, for Brent Venables, as the head coach of the OU football program, when Jeff Lebby isn't coming out and saying anything about that last fourth and five call other than, well, Drake Stoops should have ran a route a yard or two deeper, and I guess I could have put us in a better situation there. Well, then, as the head coach, as the one who is the figurehead of the program, I think it behooves you and it behooves the program to get up there in front of Mike and say, hey, look, we could have run a better play there. Because everybody knows that to be true, Yeah, right? Right. Uh, From the 405, chances that Jeff Levy takes a head coaching job after the season? I don't know. It depends on what's available. That is not a question I can answer with any degree of certainty until we know where there are vacancies and what style of coach a given program is looking to bring on to fill that vacancy. Colin KC says, hey, Parker. I haven't heard anyone mention it, but BV said we have a position group that needs a massive improvement. Was he referring to the running backs, I assume? I don't know. Brent Venables kind of left that one open-ended. He did say there's an area where uh, development-wise we're not where we should be. Didn't elaborate any further than that. I I would assume he's talking about the running backs. That would seem to be the logical. Where is another possibility? Tight end? Tight end, sure, yeah. But that has more to do with injuries than lack of development. I mean, there hasn't been another guy healthy Mm -hmm. start to finish throughout spring and fall camp other than Austin Stogner in that entire tight end room. So that's not really lack of development. I I don't know. I couldn't tell you definitively what position group Brent was referring to, but he did say, and it was interesting to hear him say it, yeah, we have one area on our team where we need to improve and we haven't developed well enough. Interesting. All right, 405-651-3439. Let's take a quick break right here and uh, come back. I want to thank Lasher Home Comfort Systems again for sponsoring our first hour here on Steel Man and Thune on this Tuesday, 
579-3113, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. And the sound we played earlier from Drake Stoops, he definitely is getting the Ortho Central clip of the day. Ortho Central with clinics in Norman, Midwest City, now a new Tri-City location, Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard. These full-service clinics do a great job treating orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you. Let's keep the text rolling in. They're flying in as usual. Stay with us here on the home of Sooner fans. All right. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is the Tuesday edition of Steel Man and Thune here on the home of Sooner fans. 405-651-3439. OU basketball. Pretty impressive last night against Central Michigan. 89-59 the final. Sooners will play Mississippi Valley State coming up Friday night. ESPN Plus, a game obviously at the uh, LNC. The OU women won 92-68. They trailed at halftime. They outscored Wichita State 58-30 to in the second half. The uh, Sooner women will play Thursday at Ole Miss, the number 12 team in the country. That will be on the SEC Network at 6 o'clock. Thunder beat the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, SGA back from the sore knee, 30 points, 8 boards, 6 assists. Chad Holmgren. Three blocks, 16 points, 12 boards. Lou Dort played really good defense on Trey Young. Trey's numbers look fairly good, 22 points and 11 assists. But he was 5 of 18 from the floor and 1 of 5 from three-point range. Thunder will play uh, Cleveland. Hello, Cleveland! Tomorrow night at the Paycom Center. You know, it was great seeing uh, uh, Kim Mulkey lose last night. Anytime she is actually a worse human being than Muleshoe. Really? I mean, she's right there. The Wicked Witch of Waco? The Wicked, what can we call her, the big time of Baton Rouge? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if the shoe fits. Yeah. Ugh. By the way, I was at that uh, OU Central Michigan game last night, mm-hmm. Steely. Mm, mm, I kind of like that much. A lot more athletic, and uh, McCollum looked good. Otega Oway, John Hewley uh, looked good, right? He had. I, I, I have been fooled by OU. Jalen Moore from Georgia Tech, pretty yeah. athletic man. North, Luke Northwetter hit his only three. He did. He did. Got a nice, nice little shooting stroke that he showed off on that, on that play, but. I've been fooled by OU basketball teams in the past. I'm going to reserve judgment till we get around to January and they're playing conference opponents in the Big 12. But first impression, man, was real, real good. It's a far cry from losing to Sam Houston State in your opener last year. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, you know, the Cowboys lost to uh, Abilene Christian last night. They pulled a Sooner of last year. They lose to uh, Abilene Christian 64-59. That was not good for Mike Boynton. But, um, you know, I hope the Sooners can get to the tournament because Porter's such a good guy. And he's a good coach, man. You're just in the toughest league in the country. You're dealing with the portal. Oklahoma's a good basketball job, but it's not necessarily a basketball destination yeah. job. So, uh, you know, he's just uh, and I, he's a good coach. Well, and I think these days in college basketball with how rampant the transfer portal is and just the nature of the sport of basketball, right? you got five guys on the floor at any given time. You have, what, 12, 13 scholarship players on your roster. Mm-hmm. It's – and I don't want to say it's not about culture because it is, but it's not necessarily about development in basketball nearly as much as it is in football. You can go far in college basketball these days if you're just able to assemble a roster of a whole bunch of top-flight athletes. And this team that Porter Moser has cobbled together this year is a lot more athletic than his last two. No doubt. Uh, Gunny of Stutzman Army and the mailman in OKC say that Kim Mulkey is Cruella DeVille in real life. Yeah, I can see that. Burbank Pirate says, quit holding back your judgment on the Sooners. We all know it's a national title run this year. Is he talking basketball? He's talking basketball, okay. yeah. Well, I don't think that's going to happen, but if they get to the tournament, that's what Porter needs to have happen because um, – but they're going to be a lot more fun to watch this year. From a 918 listener, how do you guys deal with this group of malcontents? God bless you, gentlemen. You know, I've been doing this for 40 years now, a little over 40 years, and doing an actual show for like 39 of those. And it was the same way 
back then when I was, you know, when I came on after Al in the evenings. And it's going to be the same long after we're gone. Unless AI robots start playing college football, Sooner fans are going to be crazy. They're going to want to fire people. They're want to go with, they'll go with conspiracy theories. You'll get about one-third of that after every loss. And that's just the way it is. It's like the Bruce Hornsby song. Some things will never change. So long after I'm gone and Parker Thune is in his 60s and he's the old man here, he'll be dealing with this. It's not going to change. Fans don't change. They're passionate. And the good news is it's great for us. And it's, it's great for OU because you have people who are really invested, sometimes crazily invested in your program, right? But you'd rather have that than nobody talking about it. Ellison B.A. says, Parker, please elaborate on your tweet about rumblings in the coaching carousel. Anything related to OU? No, no, it's nothing OU related. You and, just thrown that there for clicks. Spoon. I knew she was like, doing the whole time. He's just wanting the engagement. That's it. I said, <laughs> it was uh, it, I, hilarious is not the right, the right word. It was obnoxious to see how many people were going, this isn't reporting. I'm like, I, it's just a tweet. I wasn't trying to report anything. And certainly not anything OU I related. saw the response. Steely, did you see Greg Swaim's tweet? Uh, okay, you can never start a uh, <laughs> text to me with that. You mentioned Greg no, Swaim. No, I did not see because I finally had enough, and I'm like, I can't, you know. Come on, dude. With all the uh, – I mean, that guy just flat out lies, period. Come on. Sources here. And so that is the biggest – shyster right now in the state i mean come on i mean and i, I mean i used to have him I, I, nothing but it, i mean just it's bs it's total bs and the fact that he is hoodwinked some of these people in like the mountain west region they have no idea who they what they've fallen for but it's that's today's society you can just lie and make up and yeah. people will come follow you so, because we're living in an idiocracy right now. But yeah, don't. Did you see Greg Swaim's tweet? The answer will be no. Apparently, somebody told me he. I got a cousin who knows a referee who said Stoops was out of bounds, and that's why. I mean, great sourcing. Lies, lies, lies. Lies. All of them. There you go. <laughs> yes, he is. Big time. All right. Stay with us. Another award-winning hour to go. All right. We're back for an award-winning second hour, folks. Consisting mainly of your texts on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. want to thank uh, Oklahoma Generator for uh, sponsoring our number two. Family-owned and operated. Great customer service reviews. Oklahoma's highest-rated, longest-operating Generac dealer. And they're currently offering new customer discounts and a free 10-year warranty with new installations at Oklahoma Generator. Go to okgen.com or call them at 405-321-6631. Parker Thune, what has been on your mind about this Oklahoma football team? Do you think they can win out and will win out? Or do you think it's going to be problematic for Oklahoma to run the table? I think being back home should help because this team is just not as good on the road as they are in Norman. And I mean, to a certain extent, every team is kind of like that, right? Unless you're the Texas Rangers, which just went <laughs> yeah, that's 11 right. and 0 on the road in the postseason, So they're the outlier, but in general, there are a lot of teams that just play more comfortably and more soundly where in the, when they're in the comfort of, their own building than elsewhere, which I, you got to get that figured out at some point. I'm trying to think off the top of my head how many of Oklahoma's losses over the last two years under Venables have come on the road. Obviously, these last two, 
They lost to Tech on the road. They lost to West Virginia on the road. They lost to TCU, and obviously they lost to Texas neutral side. So six of this, well, and then Florida State in the bowl game. So seven of this team's nine losses under Venables have either come on the road or at a neutral venue. Yeah. Uh, last year, Garrett Green gave them problems, not throwing the football. It was running the football, taking off and running. He threw for, I think it was uh, like 50% completions, about 130 yards and a touchdown. But rushing the football, he had two touchdowns, taking off and running, 120 yards. And the Sooners lost to West Virginia 23-20. to Gosh, you know who I bet How the- miserable was that day, not only for OU fans, but you were there, oh, right? It was the worst game I've ever covered. Easily? Just from an experience standpoint. And it's a shame because I really liked West Virginia. I really did. The weather made it intolerable, though. Freezing cold, rainy, windy. The crappiest weather you can imagine to stand on the sidelines at a football game for darn near four hours. It was a long game. How many people were in the stands when it was really bad? 15,000? I mean, all those West Virginia people are used to it. Did they stay mainly? That stadium was just about packed. Really? Yeah, it wasn't a sellout, but Mm -hmm. the majority of that stadium was filled up with Mountaineer fans. Hey, why don't we pull up Brent on West Virginia, by the way? Okay. I'm sorry. Um, I should have given that to you during the break. I was thinking back to this West Virginia game last year, and it occurred to me, you know who I bet the Sooners would love to have right about now? C.J. Colden. Yeah. Yeah, he had – there were uh, some issues there, weren't they? Well, that, that's the – did I have still – I think that's the George Story question. Um, maybe I saved that in the wrong spot. Okay, hang on one second. Uh, okay, let's let's do this. Let's do this. I obviously didn't put it in the right folder. Let's do BB on problems. Uh, they're two and seven in one-score games over his tenure. And uh, what are the issues there? Let's hear what Brent had to say. Again, I, I don't see uh, players getting tense and those kind of things. I I don't see that. After the fact, it's always you look at every you, – you, you, you analyze every single play in every game. Uh, some were good, some weren't. In some games, like I say, a, a Texas game, you, uh, where you were far from perfect, uh, you know, you didn't turn the ball over, so you, you win the game. Uh, even though you got plenty of plays that you weren't very good uh, at all. And you have bust and bad calls and things of that nature, but you're efficient in a lot of areas, and there's a timeliness to some of the things. You know, you're able to execute a, a two minute, you're able to force a, a field goal uh, and not score. So uh, give yourself an opportunity to go down and win. You catch it when you're wide open, uh, it makes all the calls look really good. So I'm not going to sit here and debate calls and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, we, we take care of that when we meet. and. Uh, but you're always uh, analyzing yourself, always. And the coach is always, not, and even if it worked, you're like, man, this would have been better. You know, there's not going to be a game that you ever coach in that you're not going to be able to uh, go back and say, uh, wish we would have done that different or this different and whatnot. So uh, it's easy to, uh, you know, to sit on the outside looking in and, and, uh, and analyze all that. There you go. Sometimes, again, it's pretty simple. Uh, you know, they were able to execute in the Texas game. And uh, they, you know, there were so we were talking about the uh, the uh, play where Dylan got sacked, and Austin Stogner was wide open for basically a walk-in TD, right? But Walter Rouse couldn't quite hold off. I don't know, was it Oliver, whoever, whoever it was for Oklahoma State, didn't quite get enough of a block there where Dylan could get rid of the football, and Dylan was under pressure. But it's you know, it's like a it looks like a fake out to the back, and then they throw back to the tight end, and he's wide open. But Walter Rouse can't hold his block long enough. Well, what happened in the Texas game? Walter Rouse not only blocked one guy, but two guys. And you get the touchdown in the corner of the end zone from Nick Anderson, and it's basically game over. But sometimes it's just all about your execution, you know. They didn't quite get it done. Even Mike Gundy, all right. Let's, let's pull this up. Here's another interesting Gundy quote. Gundy, uh, last thought on Bedlam from Monday. 
uh, because we played the clip from after the game, and he basically said, well, we took advantage of their mistakes. They made too many, and that's how we won the game. And he kind of doubled down on that yesterday, last thought on Bedlam. It was a good football game. One thing I said after the press conference, after the game that I think is true is that it was a typical Bedlam game. There's big plays, big plays, weird play, weird play, big play, big play, weird play, weird play, third and 14 conversion, third and 16 conversion. And then in the end, it was two good teams playing football. And then in the end, in my opinion, we did enough to capitalize on the stakes that they had made, and that's why we won. There you go. Man, what do they got, a bee humming around there? Is it a hornet's nest? Jeez, <laughs> what have I said about bad audio? Time and time again. Oh, my God. Dude, Christmas. That's enough to make your head explode after about 20 minutes. But anyway. All right, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Oh, gosh. Uh there was a text I wanted to get back around to, and now I can't find it. I mean, basically, somebody was like, is there any validity to Tim Bailey's tweet about Jeff Lebby moving on? I the saw offseason? that. Who is, look, who is Tim Bailey? Okay, Do you and, know him? And look, I, I'll, I'll give you – I'll pull behind the curtain a little bit for some of y'all. There are a lot of folks who have tangential connections to the program in some capacity or another – and form these little communities and basically parrot the same quote-unquote intel to one another until somebody inevitably takes it as fact and runs with it and puts something out. Look, Tim Bailey is the same guy that was angry tweeting mid-game last year as OU got thrashed by Texas at the Cotton Bowl calling for Brent Venable's firing. Mm -hmm. He made a big deal on Twitter about the fact that Brent Venable's blocked him i don't know of anyone else that brent venables has blocked <laughs> so if that's a guy that you believe has sources within the program i can't help you yeah leatherneck suitor asks you grumpy today steely yeah a little bit and it's because of stuff like this this stuff i've said again so many of these people who say they have sources they don't have jack they're just out there We've got to deal with these people because of social freaking media, yeah, and everybody well, and, can have a channel now. And some people are willing to lie so much for attention that it's sad that some of these people believe them. Well, and it's the weakest thing imaginable to come out and say, my sources are saying there's a growing belief Jeff Levy might not be back at Oklahoma in 2024. Because here's the deal. I mean, that's such a generic well, it, tweet. And Jeff Le- like it's very yeah. well known that Jeff Lebby had other OC offers mm-hmm. and head coaching opportunities yeah. last year. So if he takes another job in the offseason, I guarantee you Tim Bailey will be circling around in that tweet going, well, 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 look who was right. But oh, then, yeah. if it doesn't happen, nobody says say, anything. Oh, I never, I never said anything yeah. definitive. I just said there was a growing belief. You got to deal with these jackweeds out there who have no business commenting on anything. I'm talking about the people who, you know, not our texters or people who just have accounts. I'm mean, like people who pose like they have real information because most of these people don't have squats. They're just looking to get your attention. That's it. Dude, we were talking about in Stillwater. Nobody likes that guy. He has nobody in this media who respects him. Nobody. I don't think even in Stillwater. There's not a single person. And people have said time and time again, the guy has followed and unfollowed me 75 million times because that's how he gets attention. Yet there are enough idiot nitwits out there that actually believe some things this guy says. Am I grumpy, Leatherneck Sooner? Yes. Yes, I am. (laughs) At a certain point, you just can't help but be a little bit grumpy dealing with some Mm -hmm. of these folks. Vinnie Paul. What's Vinnie Paul have to say? Oh, boy. Vinnie Paul says, I won't go after Parker, but what's the difference between that tweet and the tweet Parker put out in the same generic tone? If you're referring to the coaching carousel tweet, Vinnie Paul, the difference is I'm not trying to say anything with that tweet other than, it could be a wild offseason in the coaching carousel. Like, again, none of it is OU related. So none of what mm-hmm. happens is pertinent to my job. I mean, that's a legit question, though, from Vinnie Paul. Sure. And I don't think you're doing that. I know you well enough to know you don't do that BS. But it does kind of look the same. 
But I know what you're all about, and I know you're not just throwing that out there to say, let's see if we can get a bunch of, you know. Yeah, here's the thing. A, a lot of people seem to be under the impression that everything I tweet has to be directly pertinent to my job, mm-hmm. which is not true. Like, I, I've i been hearing a bunch of stuff over the last couple of weeks from people that are involved with big-time college football programs across the country, and it sounds like there's going to be a lot of movement within those staffs. Now, again, none of it has to do with OU. So at the end of the day, I'm not really affected by whatever happens. I hear you. All right, 405-651-3439. Lane Kiffin to A&M, says Drew from Flower Mound. Would not count on that. Man, he's taking a lot of shots at A&M. Yeah, I I think he'd be great for that job, but no, I... Don't Trust we me, want that is that we, is not a thing. You want Jimbo at AM, right? Forever. <laughs> that's that's not gonna last much longer. You don't really. need when's the last time AM had somebody really competent? I mean, Kevin Sumlin has a better record than Jimbo. RC RC Slocum? Dennis Franchi. Who who is the last super competent guy at AM? Am I forgetting somebody? Jackie Sherrill back in the day from Duncan, Oklahoma. I don't know. Uh, 405-651-3439. we got a break right here anyway. want to thank Oklahoma Generator for sponsoring our second hour. You guys, I'm angry old man. I'm trying to stay away from it. But just when some of these people, like I said, who pose as they have, it, it just drives me insane because so many people fall for it. And it's all BS. Be right back. All right, welcome back, everybody. Appreciate you being here on this Tuesday. If you want to see better, ladies and gentlemen, you've got to be knowing who the man is, Dr. Bellardo. You know, as we age, cataract surgery, probably going to have to deal with it sometimes, you know, when you get a little older and your eyes have some issues. Many times it's cataract problem. If you're thinking about restoring your sight, though, it's not about, uh, you know, just your eyesight. It's really about the quality of your life. So when it's time for cataract surgery, you have one really crucial decision that can affect your vision for the rest of your life. That choice between a standard lens, which many times requires you to rely on glasses for reading after your surgery, or a premium lens. Consider Panoptics, Vividi, or a light-adjustable lens. The leading choice can provide crystal-clear vision and freedom from glasses. So if you want to see far and you want to see near, you know where to go. You have to come here to the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center with Dr. B and the folks um, there at the uh, Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. They're the very best. Super comfortable environment, super professional, and they do a great job. All right, uh, real quick, here is Brent talking about the uh, West Virginia matchup earlier. Got a great uh, challenge this week with uh, West Virginia. He's been playing really good uh, football the last several weeks. Uh, Coach Brown, uh, numerous times, has said he feels like this is his best uh, team that he's had at West Virginia. Uh, they're really running the ball well, uh, super efficient. The quarterback is green, is playing really well, both run and the pass. It's a dual, true th- dual threat quarterback. Probably the strength of their team, as they will tell you, is their offensive line. Got great experience there. They did a great job in the in the transfer portal, uh, bringing in some additional receivers and tight ends. Tight ends they get the ball to uh, quite a bit, and uh, defensively playing uh, uh, really well, playing with a lot of confidence, play with great effort. Got a good experience group back there and super uh, efficient in the in the special team. So, uh, going to be again uh, a really uh, good opportunity for us. Uh, you know, we're going to have to play well and uh, we're going to have to certainly play uh, complimentary football and uh, clean football, taking care of the ball, uh, being able to be efficient, you know, in all three phases. So a um, couple of tough uh, back-to-back uh, games, obviously, and uh, but our guys have really responded well. Uh, again, they've got a great mindset. I love their leadership on this team. And you know, there's been a, a real willingness to continue to, to work and invest, and our players have invested uh, a tremendous amount in the in the season. So uh, they're anxious to have a, a really good, strong finish. There you go. That's Brent on West Virginia on the road. The Mountaineers this year started out uh, at Penn State. They lost that game 
by 23, 38 to 15. They won at TCU by a field goal. They lost on the Hail Mary at Houston, and then they uh, won at UCF a couple weeks ago. And uh, that was a a two-touchdown victory on the road at UCF. So I can't overlook West Virginia. They have a tendency to play pretty tight games with West Virginia, right? The Sooners do. Historically speaking, well, I'm trying to recall. They didn't play in 2020. That's what it was. But 2021, West Virginia took them to the wire, and Norman obviously beat them last year. And you go back to 2018. They won pretty handily in 2019 over the Mountaineers, as I recall. But you go back to 2018, yeah, and that was a firefight up in Morgantown, 59-56. 2021, the Sooners won by a field goal. Yeah, 16-13. Yeah, like you said. And remember, part of that, remember West Virginia had a nice drive going, like the quarterback. Who is it, Seth? Was it Daigie who was the quarterback for West Virginia? Or uh, Jarrett Daigie. Yeah, Jarrett Daigie, that's right. Um, and, like, the the snap went backwards about 50 yards or whatever, and the Sooners <laughs> end up winning the game. So, all right, uh, let's get back to the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Wait, can, can we talk about Mule Shoe? Because oh, yeah. I, saw you, I saw you had a Mule Shoe audio clip in here. I do have a Mule Shoe audio clip. I just I didn't get the part where he said that the defense was a strength for them at OU for a while. Yeah, I, I – I want to let me just read that verbatim so that everybody who hasn't heard what Mule Shoe said about his defense and Alex Grinch can hear it. Quote Well, I guess let me preface this with this is Lincoln Riley in response to a question about what he has learned about what it takes to have a successful defense. Quote I know what it looks like, I know what the change can look like. And like I said, ironically, Alex was a huge part of that. I mean, I watched a defense when we took over at OU that was not the strength of the the program. And then I watched, in a matter of several months, it became the strength of the program. And the chief reason why the last three years, the majority of those wins came on the heels of how well we played defensively. If I am Caleb Williams, I am walking into Mule Shoe's office and slapping him across the face (laughs) for that comment. Well, I mean, they did improve a little bit early on during Grinch's tenure, right? They did. They did. I, like, but by the end, it was like, no. 2019 again. was not great, but it was but a step up from 2018. The strength of the team, come yeah. on, dude. 2020, the defense was actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. I'll give him that. 2021, there was a major regression with a lot of NFL talent on that roster. A lot of NFL talent that Mike Stoops had been primarily responsible for recruiting. Then it's been a debacle at USC where they have just moved in retrograde ever since he got there. And for him to say that the majority of his program's wins have come on the strength of the defense over the last couple of years. Again, how can you hear that if you're in Caleb Williams shoes and not just be incensed? Because Caleb Williams has carried that football team, carried them for the last two seasons. And carried them down the stretch in 2021, too, when Mule Shoe was still at OU. Oregon, um, if Dan Lanning wants to, they might win. 100 points. I want 100 points. But on here's the, the deal Washington, Washington's defense was really bad. Not very good, man, at all. I mean, that was just trading touchdowns for the longest time. Oregon's got a defense. They've got for a team uh, for an Oregon team. They've got a physical mentality with Dan Lanning out there. That crowd's going to be fired up. Uh, I'm going to the old man's going to have to uh, take you know drink some coffee to stay up till maybe 1 a.m. But to see Mule Shoe and SC lose possibly like by like 40 could be fun. Would be fun. That could be fun. It'd be a blast. Be awesome. This listener from the 909 says, poor Caleb must feel like he needs to score a touchdown at every possession, and it's still not enough. Yeah, absolutely. You can't waste a possession at all. Kenny from the 405. Boy, isn't this timely. Parker, I'm sure you've already been asked, is there truth to the report Levy is leaving after the season? Thanks. And going back to Vinnie Paul's question, last segment about how what I tweeted about the coaching carousel and what Tim Bailey tweeted about Jeff Levy are different. I would say, you know what, Tim? 
they're actually, now that I think about it, or I, I, Vinny, I'm sorry. I'm addressing you, Vinny, not Tim. Vinny, now that I think about it, actually pretty similar. They're not reports, right? They're just tweets. Tim Bailey saying, I've heard this about Jeff. Le-. That's not a report because it's not coming from someone mm. credible. Well, and you're not mentioning a name. You're no. just thinking there's going to be a lot of movement. So, all right, uh, watch USC get the upset and win by seven. Yeah, I mean, this listener in the 24 know, says Lanning can name his score. I'm hoping so. 3-1-0. Ooh, from the L.A. Spy. Okay. I was supposed to talk to Dan Lanning this week about USC football, but I don't think I need to. You know, um, Alex Grinch was pretty likable when he was here. He was a horrible soundbite because he talked a million miles an hour. But you thought he was – did you deal with him – Grinch? That much? We talking about Grinch? Yeah. A little bit. And – from a soundbite I mean, standpoint, it was impossible to edit that dude. It's yeah. like, oh my gosh, this is the FedEx dude on the commercials. He's not what I would call prickly, mm-hmm. but he's also not what I would call friendly either. Was he embattled at the time, though? No, he was not embattled. Okay. All right, 405-651-3439, 405-651-3439. All right, let's do this. Let's get to nothing but your tweets in the next segment. Uh, you guys keep sending them. If you're getting frustrated, we haven't read yours yet, try, try again. We've got a lot of tweets rolling in as usual. So uh, keep them coming on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Stay with us. We're coming right back here on The Ref. That's a good toe-tapping song, isn't it? I mean, if you're in the mood to tap your toes. That's right. Also applicable to the Oklahoma offense right now. That's true. There's not enough good rhythm. The Man in Black, what a classic. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Country Music Hall of Fame, Songwriters Hall of Fame, The Man in Black. By the way, if you haven't heard the uh, new uh, Rolling Stones album, Pretty good. The Stones, they're still a thing? They are. Really? They're all like 75, 80 years old. Keith Richards, again, would survive nuclear holocaust. Cockroaches, Twinkies, and Keith Richards. <laughs> but it's pretty darn good, man. It is. It's really good. Bill from Ufall on the text line wants to know, if USC loses by 40 this weekend, will Muleshoe say we were two snaps away from winning? Kind of like my golf game, just 12 <laughs> swings away from shooting par. <laughs> Well, Bill, you're better than me. I'm not. Uh, I'm probably 25 strokes away from par right now. It's pretty bad. That's why I haven't played in a long time. I'm like, man, this old man driving, you know, poking it out there, 160 yards maybe, if that, and going way left or right is not fun. But I need to get back out and play some more. But uh, last week he said agonizingly close, and he put the thumb and the uh, index finger. Really close together again. Boy, that could have been memed in a variety of ways. I mean, yeah, that's right. That'll be the eventual statue of Muleshoe. He'll just be it with a mic, and he'll be holding up, you know. We're close. Oh, I love it. It, it, it. All of this would be so much more fun if OU had won the last couple of weeks. But even so, yeah, it's still enjoyable to revel in the misfortune of an evil regime. It's it's super petty, and I know that, but still. Chad Owasso says, oh, boy, this is a manifesto. Uh-oh, manifesto. It's <laughs> on a Smith Corona. Okay. I think I am guilty of possibly propping up Levy too much when he was hired. I am not saying fire Levy, but looking more closely at his coaching stops, this really is his first OC position that he has had complete control. Mm-hmm. At Baylor, there was Art Browse. At UCF, there was Heupel. At Ole Miss, he had Kiffin. He was backed up at those coaching stops with proven offensive-minded head coaches. I think this is a fair point to make on Levy. This is his first OC position with complete control, and we are seeing his growing pains of finding identity with his offense. The question will be, how long do these growing pains last? Now, I had an interesting question. That's a pretty last... well-written um, manifesto right there, mini-manifesto. Yeah, I had an interesting question last night with uh, somebody that I know quite well that has an extensive background playing and coaching the game of football. And they said, this was their perspective on what's 
gone, I, and I shouldn't say gone wrong, but why the road has gotten rocky for Lebby and the Oklahoma offense. They pointed to those previous stops and said, look, what makes you a better offensive coordinator if you're still learning, you're still trying to get better at your craft, is when you can walk across the hallway and consult with somebody who's been doing the job longer than you have and has insights to offer. He could walk across the hall at Baylor and consult Art Bryles. He could walk across the hall at UCF and consult Josh Heupel. He could walk across the hall at Ole Miss and consult Lane Kiffin. He's got nobody to walk to at Oklahoma. So, again, mm. like, and I think I, I would kick back against the notion What that, if he consults with his father-in-law? So, Art Bryles. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he does. Yeah. But you're talking about in the office. Having, having that it. guy available on the phone line is not necessarily as having that guy available face to face across the desk from you. So I, I would caution people against assuming that Lebby is a lost cause because I do think he is still learning. And I think it goes back to that dynamic right there, which is to say that he doesn't have anybody to walk across the hall to. That is true. He's kind of. I, not on his own per se, but solely responsible for the offense for the first time in his coaching career. And so there is going to be a learning curve with that. There will be. Yeah. I just, I'm looking at this friend texted Steely Harbaugh goes to the NFL, Jeff Levy to Michigan. There is no chance that the University of Michigan would hire Jeff Levy. None. Of course, they did have Connor Stout, and I'm not saying, but that is a university that is all about prestige, and they, believe me, you can say what you want. Art Bryles was found this or whatever. There's no way Michigan would do that. No chance. And that is a job that is beyond Jeff Levy right now. I mean, come on. Well, and people are bringing up the fact that you got Seth Luttrell and Matt Mm -hmm. Wells on staff, and that's all fine and well. I I understand those guys are there, but those guys didn't have direct input into the system that Jeff Levy has installed, right? That's Levy's offense. Matt Wells and Seth Luttrell came along after the fact. So they weren't involved in the establishment of the scheme. great additions, by the way. Yeah, look, awesome. Awesome to have those guys on staff. Awesome to have their eyes and their wisdom, but I think quite naturally they're not going to be able to provide Jeff Levy the same degree of support that he could get at Baylor with his father-in-law at UCF with Josh Heupel and at Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin. 405-651-3439, Kenipelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Let's do it. Big Rich and OKC says Sharon Moore is the next Michigan coach. Do you think Harbaugh's done because of the uh... – It's a – it's a sticky situation right now, obviously. I The question is, will they stick it to Michigan, and will it affect their playoff run? Here is, here is my belief. This is my – again, this is me speculating, not me reporting. My belief right now, based on the conversations that I have had with people in the know on the Michigan scene, my belief is that – Jim Harbaugh just takes another job this offseason. Whether that is an NFL job, well, I, I get, it probably will be an NFL job because I know he'll have NFL interest, right? There will be a number of NFL head coaching vacancies, and he had the Raiders job a couple years ago if he wanted it. He had the Vikings job if he wanted it. So I trust that there will be an NFL job made available to Jim Harbaugh. Jim and Harbaugh, a, Dallas Cowboys head coach. Well, and it's just a real easy way for those two parties to kind of part company, right? And it kind of minimizes the drama. It's almost like, <laughs> well, it, it, it's kind of a bad comparison, but almost like Pete Carroll taking the Seahawks job back in the day, right? Yeah. Because there was a ton of drama at USC at the time for very different reasons. But the solution and kind of what served to the best interest of both parties was for Pete Carroll just to take another job. Yeah. Colin KC says Levy would be a perfect fit at Arkansas. Well, his brother-in-law is the OC there right now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Kendall, they, they run very, very similar offensive philosophies and schemes. Man, Sam Pittman, 
He likes an old cold beer, but man, Arkansas three and six. Uh, although they had a huge victory uh, over the Gators in Gainesville in overtime last weekend. So, but I'm trying to think. Let me see if I can look up Arkansas' schedule. See who they close with. I know they're three, three and six. They've got to have one of those uh, late season SEC cupcake. Yeah, here it is. Oh, I'm a moron, by the way. The Vers- text line reminded me Kendall Browse is at TCU. Oh, now. that's right. That's I was right. still thinking Arkansas. There you are. Yeah, because uh, Muleshoe Jr. left for Clemson. Uh, Auburn at home, Florida International at home, and Missouri at home. Freaking Missouri! I mean, jeez. I mean, they're playing some pretty good football. You said, though, it's not going to be all about record for Will Winery, the Winery flip. No, and it wasn't about record for Peyton Bowen either. And, again, circumstantially, those two recruitments are very similar. I I can't guarantee that Winery flips, but I promise you it's it's not primarily about record like some will make it out to be. The Winery flip, what does that sound like? Does that sound like an old high-jumping uh, style, like the Fosbury <laughs> flop? Or like, or, a, uh, like a figure skating maneuver? Yeah. yeah. The, uh, or, a triple Winery flip. That's right. Or like a high dive that Greg Louganis considered, or something that you see in Urban Dictionary. The Winery flip. Okay. Uh, do we have time? Let's get one more in right here. 405 listener says, Lebby not learning week to week. I question if he will ever, quote unquote, get it. Last year, it was Ted Roof who was on the chopping block. Everybody wanted Ted Roof in the three man front. But uh, this year, it's Jeff Lebby. Yeah, look, I, I understand fans can be impatient mm-hmm. and you want immediate success, especially at a place like Oklahoma. You want to be competing for championships and you want coaches that can get you there. But much like players, coaches get better at their jobs over time, right? Nick Saban was not the Nick Saban that we know until he was past 50. Jeff Lebby's in his late 30s. He's still quite young relative to a lot of coaches that are in his position across the country. So he's still got a lot of growth and learning to do as a coach, and it's okay to acknowledge that, right? That's not to say he's unqualified for the job or that he's incapable of entrusting or incapable of stewarding what Oklahoma has entrusted him with because that's not true. He is. But both can be true, right? He can be qualified for the job. He can be capable of executing his responsibilities as offensive coordinator reliably, and he can also still be learning on the job and getting better and improving over time. All right, let's break right here. We got one more segment to go. We got a ton of texts to get to, 405-651-3439. Right now, is Drake Stoops in the lead for soundbite of the year? Oh, it's not even a question. I mean, we've got the dumbass clip of the week every week, of course, but Drake Stoops, Drake Stoops. There needs to be an award named after Drake Stoops. Is in line for the, Soundbite the Drake of the Year. Stoops Grit Award. Let's just play the Drake Stoops clip coming out of the break. Can we do that? No. So By far, all means. the the secretariat sized lead over any other soundbite from Sooner Football this year. Coming up next. A lot to play for this season, right? Of course. You know, people want to act like there isn't. You know, you see it a lot. Who's people? The fans, overreactionary. All right, well, that, yeah, that's I natural, just, but yeah. I come in here day in and day out, spend 10 hours up here every day, and for me there's a lot left to play for, and I bust my tail year-round for this for six years now, so I'm not really listening to what people say. I don't care if we're 0-8 right now. I'm playing ball because I love to play football. I love my teammates. I love my coaches. I love the University of Oklahoma. It's really that simple. I got a lot of pride like, for this place, so I'm going to go hard every single day and do everything I possibly can to see us win, and, and that's the end of it. There you go. That is Drake Stoops. He is a hero. That is the current favorite to win Sooner Soundbite of the Year at the services put on by the Academy of Sooner Soundbites, Arts and Sciences. I heard some Bob in there. Now, oh, yeah, there was a lot of Bob. There was there, a lot Stanley. of Bob, but I there's mean, one. Play it back and tell me 
the the Bob part comes within the first seven seconds where I'm hearing all Bob, pretty much. Who's, whose people is that? That's it. Yeah. What? Pe- okay. Whose who's people? Who, who are people? All right. You know, when he said, "Who are people?" It's like that's Bob right there. Yeah. He, so he also, good. It, it, obviously, you can't see it because we're on the radio. Yeah. But at that moment, he had a couple of facial expressions where yeah. he's just like, oh, yep, there's Bob again. That dude, I'm telling you, carved himself out a tremendous career, and it's not over yet. Should over yet. the suit? I think it begs the question, should the Sooners have made Drake Stoops the next head coach of the program as a senior in high school rather than turning <laughs> it over to Mule Shoe? <laughs> Maybe. I'm going to say uh, over and under on how many years it's going to take before Drake Stoops has got the visor and the headset on. I'm talking head coach. I mean, 15 and a half years, 12 years. I was about to say, hopefully not too soon because I think he's going to the NFL. I think that's going to be an NFL football. He's, he's, I would think that he's going to make a roster. Seriously. I'm not saying he's the next Wes Welker, but you know what? He can stick with a roster, man. Nobody thought he was going to, oh, well, you know, it's Drake. Stoops, the last name's the key there, you know. Uh-huh. And there were people that, I, even like up until last year, we're still saying the only reason Drake plays so much is because he's Bob's kid. Did they sound like that? No, they probably sounded, they sounded like, like a, a guy with a pipe and a cardigan sweater or something. <laughs> they, probably, they probably sounded like soy boys. The only reason Drake plays so much is because he's Bob's kid. No, they sounded hillbillyish. That's oh, really? A, yeah, it's, it's usually the hillbillies. Okay. Know. Well, uh, good good text, I think, from Joe in Tulsa who says, Okay. Read this for any text hating on Levy. Can't get better than first. OU is first in the conference in yards per game. These people wanting Levy to leave – are the same ones that wanted Mike Stoops back, causing Venables to leave and go win two titles at Clemson. Just idiots thinking the grass is always greener. Look at Florida State after they kept their coach another year. And that's a great point. because it is. Well I, done, Joe. I was on the fire Mike Norvell train prior to 2022 with regard to Florida State. I was like, okay, that's clearly not working. You need to move on now, get while the getting's good. Florida State kept him around. He's got that program undefeated in their four, in his fourth year there, and they're in line to earn a berth in the college football playoff. Again, continuity, it's not the end-all, be-all, because sometimes you need to make a change for the better. But if you have reason to believe that a guy's going to get it done at your institution, then regardless of what the public says, you're going to stick with that guy. That's what Florida State did with mm-hmm. Mike Norvell. And I I do not question, and I, I see all your texts going, the Oklahoma offensive coordinator job is no place to learn on the fly. Again, Jeff Lebby's in his late 30s. He doesn't have it all figured out, and that's okay. He's a dang good offensive coordinator. He might not be an elite one, Florida but he's a State, dang good one. By the way, you're talking about Mike Norvell. Didn't they lose to Jacksonville State at home? Yep, that happened. That was what was that? Two years ago, when they and they were like they started out zero and four, zero and five, and man, now he's they they stuck by him. They stuck by him. Softball Steve sent us another all caps text. He said, "Stoop scores big Saturday night, possibly four touchdowns. OU forty five, West Virginia twenty eight. All should we call him all caps, Steve, instead of softball? No, because Steve. not all of his texts are all caps. It's yeah. just all, okay. a select few. All right, four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. If Georgia had three turnovers on the road, don't we all think they'd still win? Why? The biggest issue is still the talent gap, particularly on the. Well, yeah, I yeah. mean Oklahoma's making strides in that department, but they're not. They're not in Georgia's ballpark yet. They're. They're. Uh, they're in the neighborhood next to Gallardia that's not quite Gallardia. That's that's Georgia. Bama's still in there. The Homeowners Association hasn't kicked him out yet. This is another you know. great great text from Nick. Firing a coach will turn your program into a Nebraska. Look at what has happened with them. And for all those Sooner fans that are just 
unbelievably annoyed by the people that have said Oklahoma going to the SEC, they're going to turn into the next Nebraska. Well, again, if you don't want to be the next Nebraska, you got to have patience and not demand progress literally every single week because there will be setbacks along the way. Mm. And continuity requires patience. And you're going to hit bumps in the road. It's how you push past those bumps in the road and improve from them that determine whether your program is headed in the right direction. And two weeks, well, I guess three weeks at this point, a three-week downturn for the trajectory of this Oklahoma offense is not enough. I'm sorry, it is not enough to say, bring in a new offensive coordinator. You guys, as usual, you were awesome on the text line today. Don't forget to get out to Riverwind this week. A lot of things happening. We've got the Flatland Cavalry concert happening that is going to be on friday night aaron lewis actually is on thursday night get out there if you're a veteran be out there 10 a.m on saturday get some free bonus play free hat from riverwind they got a lot of stuff for you have a great tuesday